Hello, remotepreneurs. This is your host, Philip Will, for another interesting episode about remote entrepreneurship. Today's episode is going to be interesting. We are going to talk how to manage a virtual assistants without going crazy. On the other side, we do have a digital nomad that actually is based in Vietnam currently. His background comes from corporate management, so he helps and coach companies like Coca-Cola, Shell, etc., how to effectively manage their teams so they can produce far better results and don't be lazy and slack off. He has few companies. One of them is he runs an outsourcing VA company, currently has 130 plus employees and it's still growing, small SEO company and also he's running a management coaching company. So definitely this is something that you should listen and take notes, I guess. So on the other side from Vietnam, we have a fellow Viking digital nomad, Matt Singers. Matt, thanks for being part of the podcast. Thank you very much for having me here. It's awesome to be part of it. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. I don't know how you actually manage so many people and so many things going on. I mean, I, I look forward to, to listen to it. Okay, so tell me a little bit about you. Tell me about the background. Sure. Yeah. So I used to work corporate uh, big companies like IBM and Coca-Cola, uh, sorry, IBM and Xerox and things like that. Uh, I about management coaching consultants so helping small business owners really help them uh, do effective people management. So a lot of people nowadays, they start a business, but they have no management background. So very often when they start hiring staff, things often doesn't go very well, right? So uh, they don't necessarily hire the right people. They're not very good at delegating the work. They end up working 80 to 100 hours. And unfortunately, all these famous people like Gary Vee and so on keep saying, hustle, 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 work, work, work. But the, the, the thing is, if you're working on the right things, working a lot of hours makes sense. The problem is most business owners are working way too many hours and on the wrong things, which basically put them in a very difficult situation that makes it very hard to get out of. And that's basically where I come in. So I basically help people, really coach them on how to get, and, and this sounds so cliche, but get out of working in the business and instead working on the business. And the fundamentals of it is, is basically putting the right team and the right people in place. It's delegating effectively, and it's making sure that you have a good system for training uh, additional managers within your business. Okay, perfect. I definitely fit uh, the bill what uh, what you mentioned. I'm building a business. I also have a company, so I'm just figuring out how to remove myself from work. My goals in 2020 is how to remove myself from fulfillment because I reached the top. I don't want to work anymore. I want everything to be handled by, by a team, but to be honest, it's quite, quite difficult to manage all day-to-day -day VAs, even for a podcast that I'm not earning money. This is not my primary thing. It can be hard. So definitely, I look forward to, to, to hear everything, how it goes from the beginning. Let's say I never hired a VA, where first we can find actually the right staff. So a, a couple of things. Um, a lot of people think that the VA is the solution to everything, and it's not. All right. So what, what I'm very, very conscious with, like when you're looking to hire staff, you really want to figure out what you need. Right, because sometimes it might make more sense to hire someone where you are locally, and someone it might sometimes it might make sense to hire someone in a different country, right? But 
fundamentally what you want to do is you want to sit down, look at the, the critical areas of your business and the things that needs to get done. And you really want to understand where do I get the most ROI? Where do I get the most value for money? So as an example, uh, just you're from Macedonia. So when I hire um, developers, for example, uh, you know, you can find very cheap developers in India and the Philippines, but I would rarely hire developers in those areas. Not because they aren't the cheapest, but it's not about cheap. It's about value for money, right? And a lot of people feel that cheap is the right way to go with everything, and that is not the case, right? Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, you want to see what you need in the business. When you start looking at things, uh, outsourcing in particular to countries like the Philippines where we operate is great for many things. So it's great for customer service. It's generally great for you know, executing with repeatable processes again and again and again. That's great. Now, very often, if you need much more critical thinking, if you're needing more, uh, let's say, salespeople, you might be much better off hiring someone locally where you are hiring someone locally in your target market, wherever that is, right? So first thing first is really understand what you need because uh, a lot of people say, have bad experiences with VAs, but most of the time it's because they don't, they don't actually know and they don't understand what their business need, right? So that's the fundamental place to start. What is it you need, right? So let's, uh, let's, let's make it all about you today. So yeah, okay. tell, tell me, tell me a little, tell me a little bit about your business and, and where you are, like how big is your business? How many staff do you have right now? Currently, with uh, podcasting, with everything that needs to be done, I have a, a few full-time VAs and the other one is contractor. So it's just based per project. And okay. that's not my primary business. The other business that I actually generate money is sales consulting. So that's something that I have to do it on my own. So I make the calls, the coaching calls, etc. So right. I don't know how I can expand that. Okay. So it's about breaking things down. Right. So right now you say you're doing it all, which makes sense. But fundamentally, if it's consulting, what you have to do is the consulting itself. So everything around it, like lead generation, uh, you know, setting up appointments, uh, things like that, other people can do. But the actual consultants call, like you probably need to do yourself, at least for a period of time. Right. Um, what do you generally have plenty of consultancy calls? Are you looking to get more or what's the situation with that business? Uh, actually, I want to get less, but earn more. So I, I want to remove myself self from fulfillment. So probably just consulting and coaching where I need to invest my time wouldn't work. So I need to pivot to do something else. The other thing is already taken care of, like lead generation, like appointments, like pretty much that the scripting, copywriting, that, that has been done. But at the end, I need to do the work <laughs> again. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the fundamentals here is, uh, again, if you want to charge more, you just need more leads, right? So one of the big problems that a lot of people have is they think they have to accept every lead at the current rate. So one of the key things is if you want to make more money, you increase your price and you increase the volume of leads because if you have doubled twice as many leads, and you quote them twice the price, you'll probably still get a fair chunk of people saying yes. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a way to increase your value, right? Because the, the more leads you can generate, the more people you can get to say yes at a higher rate, uh, you know, the more you can keep playing that game. 
so that's one aspect of it, right? That, I mean, if you're really not doing what you want to be doing right now, then obviously you need to sit down and figure out what is it you want to be doing, right? Because fundamentally, if you're working currently on a business model that you don't actually want to run, before you start hiring staff and managing staff, you need to sort that out first, right? So the most important thing is, what do you offer and who do you offer it to? So for example, if you want to, I don't know, maybe you want to turn your consultancy into an online course, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I have an online course that, that all people that get coaching from me will do first. So basically my online course is basically for me, it's like a funnel. It basically helped me make sure that everyone that talks with me have, first of all, they've invested a bit of money in buying the course. So that means they're serious. And two, they've actually gone through all the course material. Because what that means is, you know, I don't have to sit and repeat myself and go through the basics every time. I can focus on what I find the most interesting, which is solving a little bit more complex problems and helping people implement rather than just repeating basic things, right? So that's a way I've done it uh, with the same sort of challenge that you have. Uh, but, but the first thing you need to figure out is what is your business model going to be? Because before you have that one, looking at anything else actually doesn't really make much sense. Right? Yeah, true. Exactly. Uh, that's why I'm pivoting more to actually LinkedIn growth management. So basically fixing out the LinkedIn profiles, optimizing it totally, and then making direct outreach, but not spam messages, actually engaging with them and obviously a VA will do that with processing systems. So that's something that I think it can be scalable and just use the consulting call that I have plenty of leads. Something like you, like you, I have the idea, the initial consulting call, the introduction, the relationship and the actual closer of the management would be initially through me. After that, it can be taken care of a VA team. I just need to yeah. manage it or hopefully I can hire somebody and I don't need to manage that as well. Yeah. So if we look at let's look at the LinkedIn, just because, since you mentioned it, right? So what, what you want to make sure here is that a lot of people, they look at all these online courses, right? And they're basically, they always get told like, oh, you know, just sit down, build a process and hand it over to someone and just tell them to do that again and again and again. The biggest problem most business owners have is that they delegate tasks instead of delegating responsibility. And the difference is significant because what happens is when you delegate tasks, you end up being spider in the middle. What happens is a task goes down to an employee and it comes right back up to you. Task goes down to an employee, come right back to you. And what happens is you can definitely do more when you have employees, but you end up working instead of 40 hours, you start working 50, 60, 70, 80 hours to keep all your employees busy and to, to actually approve and, and work with all the inputs they have. Right. So fundamentally to give people ownership instead, instead of just handing them a process and say, do this thing, you need to tell people what you want them to take ownership for. And you need to set very specific goals. And this is end goals of what they need to achieve because that enables people to actually take the ownership. So instead of, you know, if I'm talking to an employee and I'm saying, Hey, Peter, you know, here's the task. Can you go do this thing? Here's the SOP you know, go ahead. The difference between that and pulling someone aside and say, hey, Peter, you know, I, I love the way you constantly uh, find new leads. You know, I want you to take ownership. I want you to manage our leads process on LinkedIn. 
you know, my goal is to make sure we get 20 leads a month or 50 leads a month, whatever the goal is. Um, and, you know, the objective is for, for us to be able to close 50% of those leads or whatever, right? Uh, here's the process of how we do it today, but you're a really smart guy and I'm sure that you can maybe even improve this process and get us even better results, right? And then you let them go. And okay. the key difference here is when you give people the ownership, when you tell them what you're looking for as the critical parameter, instead of saying, here's a process, do this thing a hundred times a day. Because when you do that, they don't have any ownership over the output. Like they might as well just open the phone book and message a hundred people, right? But when you tell them the expectation, when you tell them this is what we're trying to achieve, and you give them, you tell them, you give them the ownership of that role. They're, I'm not saying every person on the planet will take ownership when they get that, but giving people ownership that way around will help them put you in a different situation. So instead of you constantly checking in and constantly saying, oh, did you do 20 today and did you do 40 yesterday and whatever, your, your discussion with them becomes, oh, you know, so Peter, how are we doing against the 20 leads? You know, we're halfway through the month. The 20 leads we're supposed to make, have we made the first 10, right? So your focus stop being the goal, the end goal, rather than the process itself. Definitely makes sense there. So basically make and, a goal, tell them the expectation and give them an ownership. Yes. And because that is the way one, when people come and ask you, so the second thing is when people come and ask you questions, because some people, some people will just go with it. And some people will ask you a lot of questions. And one of the biggest issues is that many people answer questions. And as a business owner, you should answer questions as rarely as you can. Uh, what you should do instead is ask them questions back. So, you know, if Peter comes back and says, oh, you know, Matt, um, uh, this lead said X, Y, Z, what should I do? And most business owners, is they answer the question, say, you should do this but that's the wrong approach because that doesn't teach Peter what to do in the future. So instead, what you want to say is one, what do you think is the options? Right. And the guy might say, well, you know, we can do X or we can do Y like, great. That sounds like good potential. Which one do you think is the right one? And he might say, well, I think Y is the best one. And you say, great, you should go do that. But the whole thing here is, most business owners, if you look at the Slack or if you look at the Skype, for most business owners, it's full of questions from the staff and answers from the owner. Yeah. The problem true. is, the problem is two, twofold. One, it gives the owner the responsibility because if you ask the boss and he tells you what to do and you do it, if the result is not the right one, it's boss man's fault because he told you what to do. Right. True. So you, you, you basically take back the responsibility for delivering the goal. Now, the second issue is that people stop thinking and they literally build a process in their head that says, every time this thing happened, go ask Bosman. Right. And that's not a great process. No. The process should be every time that something happens, think, look at what are the options, look at what do I think is the right option, and then go to Bosman. If you cannot figure it out yourself and just propose. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And I assume after maybe three, four, five times, they will just like, why should I ask Matt or Philip? Probably yeah. this is the best way and 
if I make wrong, probably Philip will not be, I don't know, and, angry about it. And, and after, after a while, right, the whole thing is that if, if someone asks like a similar question five times in a row and they get it, you're like, dude, you always get it right. You don't need to ask me those questions, right? Um, so it makes it very easy. But also, when you train your staff to do this, very often if you get, like, let's say you come back from a week's holiday and you have a whole email box full of emails. If the email says, oh, I have this problem, what should I do? It takes you a long time to write a response and say, do this, do this, do this, do this. If you instead have an email that's saying, hey, Bugman, I have this problem. I think this is the three options and I want to do option one. If all you have to do is just say, yes, do that, or I think that sounds like a great idea, that's so much easier to do than actually having to write up the whole response, right? So in the short term, it takes a little bit longer because just answering a question really quickly is a good way to get people out of your head or out of your sort of mailbox. But um, longer term, you save so much more time by actually training people to think themselves. Uh, if they're in doubt and they really feel they need your input, then at least make sure they're suggesting to you what they see as options and what they think the best solution is. Okay, so, so definitely, again, it's around the responsibility, pretty much giving them uh, opportunity and right to make decision on their own so you don't have to make the decision because you will go yeah. crazy. Yeah, so as an example, like I started a podcast like five, six months ago, right? And I, uh, I, I have a tendency to hire amazing people. And I hired a girl who, uh, she, she had a background in HR. And I was like, she's amazing, so I'll hire her. And basically what I told her was very simple. I want to do a podcast. I want to release it weekly. I want to, you know, make sure that it gets spread around the internet. I want to make sure that, you know, there's a nice page for each podcast and all that good stuff. Um, and I want to make sure it's available on all the different platforms and all that stuff. But I had some expectations of what I needed. And then I let her go and I said, that's your responsibility. If you want this job, that's what you have to do. And literally what I've done since then, is very simple. Uh, I start some Zoom calls, I press record, and then I stop recording and then I do nothing else. And she takes care of everything else. So she do editing and she do, I don't know, she publishes, she shares it on social media, she has it to the email list and she does all that stuff, right? So again, I gave her a very clear responsibility. I set some very clear expectation for what I expected to do. And that means that I can just do the part that I enjoy, which is get on a Zoom call with someone and have a great conversation. Really nice, really nice. That's something that I'm doing, but to be honest, quick question for the podcasting part. Did you actually create some kind of process or you just tell them, I expect this, go figure it out? Yes, I, right. So the thing is, Again, every, everyone online tells you, oh, figure out the process and go give them the process, right? And if you're running, if you're hiring your first staff member or your first couple of staff members, that can make sense. But I can promise you one thing, the CEO of IBM is not sitting creating processes for everyone in the company to follow, right? That's not the job of a, of a company owner, right? So when you're delegating something where you're an expert, it can make sense for you to share best practices and stuff, right? Totally. But in most cases, you're much better off. And my favorite is when I can ask people to take a responsibility for something that I don't know how to do. 
So let's say most business owners, uh, to your example, let's say they wanted to do LinkedIn outreach. What most business owners, what most small business owners do is they go try figure it out. And then when they've figured it out or feel they've figured it out, they then hand over the responsibility. But that takes a lot of time. And what happens is they're the experts, which means all questions come back to them. If you instead hire someone and say, you know, I want to do LinkedIn outreach. You know, here's the goal. I want X amount of leads a week or, you know, I want whatever the goal is. Um, here's the goal. Um, there's a ton of guide out there. Happy for you to research. Um, here's some things that I would like to mention to people. Uh, here's some landing pages that would be good to send them to or whatever. Um, but I want you to go and research and figure out what's the best way to do this and how do we get the best results. Quite now, nice. If you do that, <laughs> if you do that, what happens is that employee becomes the expert. They're hundred percent responsibility responsible because you don't know what to do. You don't know the thing. They become responsible. If they have questions, they have to go figure it out. Makes sense. I, I'm guilty as charged for the podcasting. I actually figured pretty much everything and I never run a podcast before. So I have like, I don't know, 30, 40 processes, systems. I was recording, I was writing, etc., and all the time. For, I don't know what, what should the title be of this episode, for example, like they have to ask and it's just like, it's, it's making me crazy to be honest. And also here there are four or five different people involved to actually make the post-production. Probably you don't know because you're not involved. Lucky you. Well, so I, right now it's only one person for me. Um, but I am starting to do some more podcasts and web stuff. So she'll probably need some support. But uh, again, like I'm not involved in it. So I just tell her what I need. And if she needs more resources, she'll tell me and then we'll sort that out. Perfect. And what about if you have, uh, let's say, complex workflow? Example, podcasting. Lead generation, it will be easy. They will make pages. They will send messages. If they say this, send to this. That's why well, I what prefer is, that model. Example, example, if you do a podcast, you need to professionally do the audio editing. So they need to fix the sound to look a little bit better, cleaner. That's one person. Then a copywriter to actually write the show notes. Then a VA to actually handle everything. Then you need a graphic design guy to actually make the images professionally. If you do, a, let's say, a YouTube, then you will need a video guy to actually handle that. So how can you coordinate all of them without any mistakes? And some, some of uh, these tasks are actually dependent on, on the other one. So how can I do that without without me asking everybody questions so I can just remove myself and everything is working like a machine. So I assume the girl I have doing it right now does it all herself. Um, but again, like if she wants a good graphic designer, she can go find a good graphic designer and get them to do it. Like she's responsible for the product being delivered and so on. So whatever it takes for her to do that is up to her. Okay. But I mean, it's, it's not my responsibility to get, I, I've given her the responsibility and ownership to make sure the podcast is done in a good way and is published on a weekly basis. So whatever she needs for that, she will either say, I need, you know, I need a budget to hire some graphic designer and I'll give her that and like, she'll have to sort that out. Okay. So, so definitely just uh, giving the responsibility, but again, what if, uh, 
you're currently just making leaders and managers. How do you actually manage both of them? Like, I don't know, three, four, five people. And if they, they are dependent on each other, how can you manage well, that? I, I, or you just I, hire I'm, an operation manager I, and give responsibility. No, no. So, so, so rule of thumb is you only want one person responsibility or one person responsible for one output, right? So for the podcast, that's an output and I have one person responsible. Now I will make it up to them to figure out how to deliver that. Right. So if they want to, like, I think the girl I hired is probably doing it all herself right now. Um, but if not great, uh, and if she is great, uh, either she's multi-talented and amazing, which I know she is, but, uh, otherwise, you know, if she's getting someone else in the team to do it, that's great. Um, but, but the key thing is like, right. Look at it. If I went to you and said, dude, I, I need you to do this thing. Right. If I just came to you and said, Hey, I want you to do audio editing and you'd sit all day, every day, just do audio editing. If I came to you, like think of yourself, if I come to you and say, dude, I need this podcast. Will you help me manage this podcast process so that every Wednesday we publish a podcast? Right. Would it not be significantly more fun for you if you got to manage the whole thing? If you get to make sure the copywriters do the right writing, that you make sure the graphic designer do the right graphics and so on, well, that might be more fun for you than just having to sit and do audio editing all day, every day. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm just trying yeah. to remove myself from, from everything. So I guess my mistake is I need to find one person. Actually, I have a full-time VA that I can just give the responsibility and they should figure everything out. I think that's one of my mistakes. I didn't give ownership, so they're asking me stupid questions. Like they, that they know the answer and there is actually a process in it and they can check it out. My, my benefit, because I did it from the start with this process, my benefit is I don't know. Like, and, and by the way, I'm sure that when you look at our first show notes, they're probably not as good as the show notes now. And I'm sure when you look at the editing for the first episode, it might not be as good as the episode, editing on the last episode. But it would be the same thing if I was doing it. Like if I was doing it myself, you know, again, I wouldn't do it perfect from day one. True. So I, again, if someone else is doing it, I'd much rather they learn it, they own it, and they're good at it because then, then they're responsible and I don't have to worry about it. Like I don't think about it. Like I literally, once in a while, she writes to me and says, oh, we only have podcasts for the next three weeks. You should probably record some new ones. And, you know, very often she even tells me who to interview and stuff like that. But, you know, sometimes I like picking out who I like to interview myself. Um, but it's very straightforward. Right? Okay, so, so uh, here the biggest mistake I see and what I read actually in the emit is letting go of control, right? Mm -hmm. And giving responsibility yeah. to others. How can people overcome that? Because that's one of the, the, actually the biggest issues that entrepreneurs have. Sorry. Like how, can, how can you give uh, ownership? How can you get yes. a lot of control and not thinking that your business or whatever you're doing, it's, everything is going to be ruined by some VA in the Philippines? I mean, that's the stereotype people have. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of our mindset. So the first thing you need to understand is how does businesses grow? How do you make more money? A business is like a pyramid. In the beginning, it's a tiny pyramid with only you. Okay. When it's only you, 
your average salary is whatever your company makes per month divided by the amount of hours you work. As your company grows, the more people you hire, the, the way you increase the value is by increasing the value of your hours. Now, if you as a business owner is sitting doing audio editing, now if you could get someone getting paid five bucks an hour to do that instead, you're basically doing work worth five bucks an hour, which would mean you're not growing the value of the business. If you hand that $5 an hour work to someone who can do that and go, for example, like you do, go and do consulting where you hopefully make a lot more than five bucks an hour, yeah. right? That would grow the value of the business. And basically as you grow an organization, that is what you want to do the whole way through. So every manager in your business, the way they become worth more to you is by delegating what they're doing right now to people below them so they can do stuff coming from above which can increase their value. That okay. is basically how you build organization. That's how you grow a bigger business. So if you want to keep doing things, like the, the, the problem with letting go is mostly because people don't understand the mindset. Like a lot of entrepreneurs, they'll be like, oh, I'll just check the customer email box before I go home. And, and the problem with that is you end up working more hours, but again, you're doing the wrong things. If you're literally sitting doing things that you can pay someone five bucks an hour to do, you're not worth more than five bucks an hour, right? That's not good for business. You want to you wanna have the energy. And, and the problem is when you work a ton of hours, what happens is when you come in the morning after, your energy is gone. Like a lot of people think, oh, yeah, I'm hustling. I'm working 10, 12 hours a day. The, the only thing you're doing is you're digging a bigger hole for yourself. Because you just keep working more and more and, and often the business will grow to a certain extent and then will just stop. Because you, you only have so much energy, you only have so much time. So if you don't let go, like basically what happens is you, your, your business won't grow, right? And that's, I mean, that's a lot of the stuff that I go through in my management course, really helping people get through that entire process, right? Because it, it can be daunting, but fundamentally, you really, really want to make sure that you have the right mindset about business, right? And let's take another example. Let's say for argument's sake that you had been doing all your podcasting yourself. And you know, you had gone from zero to a hundred or from zero to 80% of quality or whatever. Now, if you hire someone and you show them your process, they'll not start at zero. They'll probably start at 50 because you already share best practice. So even though you're not doing stuff at your level initially, because this was probably something that was sort of a lower priority item to you, right? Because that's their primary focus, what will happen is very quickly, they will start getting better and at some point they will get better at you because that's their focus, right? And the whole point is that very often people are like, oh, but it's not perfect and blah, blah, blah. And imagine if there's a small, tiny thing or whatever. Exactly. Right? You can do that. Like if you want to do everything, you don't want to be a business owner. Like then you want to be a freelancer. Like if you want to be a freelancer and just make a little bit more money, yeah, you can do that. Like, like as you said yourself, you can do consultancy, you can charge a little bit more per hour. But if you want to build a business, Right? You, you have to put yourself in a position where you constantly increase the value of what you do. And the only way you can do that is letting go of some of the stuff that can be done by people who are getting paid significantly less than you. 
True, makes sense. That's why, honestly, I was initially, previously, before I started this, I was doing that mistake. I'm still doing the mistakes. Sometimes I cannot just let go of the control, to be honest. But I started uh, actually counting the value of consulting call, and it's far more than three, four, five, ten dollars, twenty dollars. And the point is, would you like to give away the five dollars and get the one hour back and just make I don't know hundred to hundred dollars for that hour, for example? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about delegation now? That's one of the parts. You give them a task to do, but they don't do it. You, they come back to you, you explain again, and then you just say, that's what usually happens. Like, oh, I'll just do it my own, on my own. Again, with the responsibility, just give responsibility and they have to figure it out or just find a new employee. Right. So what's the best if, if, way to delegate work actually? To, to Right. So that, that's a process, as I said earlier, like literally tell people, you know, I want you to take ownership. Like, let, let's, let's say I hired you. Okay. And I'm like, dude, you're amazing. I, I want to hire you, right? Uh, I want to, what are you consulting on? Sales? Yeah. Yeah. I, I need a sales guy to help sell, I don't know, my management coaching and my management courses, right? I want you to own the sales team. My goal is to sell at least 20 courses a month and book three coaching clients. Mm -hmm. That's my objective to you. Right. Uh, you know, here's how we do it right now. So right now we have these processes or whatever, and this is the lead flow and this is how it works. So that's how we do it right now. Uh, but again, you're a smarter, capable guy. I suck at sales. You're great at sales. So you probably improve our process immensely. Um, and that's the goal. Go do your thing. Okay. I never thought about it like that, but definitely. Like and just the, the get, get control, get off your control. Like the, the, the fundamental problem is that people don't treat employees as human beings. The, the fundamental problem is that people think that employees are different than they are, and they're not. Like most employees want to get challenged. They want to do stuff that's fun. They, they want to feel they're contributing, right? But most of the time people are like, oh yeah, go tick this Excel sheet 700 times and whatever, <laughs> right? And you're like, okay, now I've done the Excel sheet 400 times. Great, right? But, but you, they're not being given ownership. They're not given an understanding of why they do what they do. True. Any other tips that you can mention about management for remote teams because you're running a outsourcing company and I guess yeah. you offer that as a service as well. Yeah, so uh, the number one is you, you should always do a weekly one-to-one -one session with anyone that reports directly to you. And what that basically entails is a 30-minute session where you sit down every single week with every employee that reports directly to you and you actually talk to them. So right now in my outsourcing business, I have the business pretty much run by two managers that I've trained up over years. And basically, um, I, I do one one-to-one. -one. So I spend half an hour with each of those two managers individually. I spend half an hour with the two of them and myself in a team meeting. So that's about an hour and a half. And then I have about half an hour of other small things that I do on a weekly basis. But it, it roughly takes me about two hours a week to, to run my outsourcing business, right? And that's pretty much what I do. That's and it? I, that's it. Two hours and the two managers actually manage 130 plus employees. Sales, yes. so, problems, so, so what, 
Everybody. One guy is, is responsible for sales and marketing, and the other girl I have, she is responsible for all the day-to-day operations. How long did, did it take you for actually you, you build yourself like that and eliminate yourself from work? Took about three years, but that's, again, because when you're starting a small company, um, you know, there's, there's not that many people. And I, because I love management and I love developing people, I love taking people with no experience and, you know, basically training them from scratch. But it took me about three years to get to where it is today. Um, but the benefit today is that even when I go on holiday for a month or something, when I come back, I have more employees than I had when I left. Right. So the company keeps growing. Wow. Even when I'm not there. Well, that that's a successful business in my opinion. Like, if, if you're starting business, that's the end goal in mind. Otherwise, just don't start the business. Just be an employee, to be honest. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, tell me, what services the outsourcing agency or the company actually offers? Yeah. So, uh, with our outsourcing business, we, we basically, we, we specialize in finding great human beings. And the reason why I say it that way is because so many people are too focused on skills. They're like, oh, this guy has two years of customer service or whatever. But, but really what you need, like most of the stuff that's done in online business is not very complex. Like if you need a web developer, they definitely need a skill set. But, you know, most of the things like we had talked about, like podcasting and lead generation, like you don't need 10 years experience of looking at LinkedIn to figure out how to do lead generation, right? Or you don't need, I mean, it doesn't take you 10 years to learn how to edit a podcast, right? Obviously, experience can be beneficial, but you're much better finding great people who can take responsibility and get shit done rather than necessarily someone that's super experienced, right? So, so the key focus for me is always finding and hiring great people. And that's what we do, right? And then we basically find full-time people. We actually help support with the management of them. So we try and deal with all the personal issues and the internet's down or mm-hmm. like grandma's sick and all those things. So that basically our clients only have to tell them what to do and how to do. Basically. Okay, so, so basically it's a process outsourcing. What yeah. type of task like they usually do? Generally anything. Uh, what, what, we generally, what I generally say to clients that the most effective is repeatable, scalable processes. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is a lot of time you, you find a lot of clients that, you know, they've had this greatest, latest course on how to build a business with a VA. And, you know, they come to us and they're like, oh yeah, can I hire a VA for a few bucks that can build me a business? And I'm like, no, they don't build your business for you from day one, right? Like you need to build the business first and then you give people ownership and so on, right? Um, but, but basically when you're at a point where you have repeatable processes that happens continuously, because that way you don't have to spend a ton of time making up work for them. What I see a lot of small business owners do is they hire a VA. They spend so much time and energy trying to make up work for this individual to do to make sure they're busy because they paid for their 40 hours and they're getting their money's worth kind of thing. And these mm-hmm. guys end up sitting doing stuff that's not valuable. It's not a priority in the business. They're, they're just doing it because whatever. And that's not the right approach, right? You want to make sure that you have some repeatable processes. Uh, and one thing I love doing is, is I have a concept that I call a forever task. But generally, if you hire any employee, it doesn't matter if it's a VA or whatever, having a task that they can do at any point, no matter what. 
they run out of work. A task that adds value, it doesn't have to be the most biggest task in the world, but a task that adds value and basically help your business move forward. And very often that could be related to lead generation or you know, something that like connecting with prospects, doing some things on social, something that's bringing you a benefit that's better than them sitting staring out in the air, right? Um, but that's really important for two reasons. One is you don't want people just sitting staring out in the air. Because what happens is, let's say for argument's sake that I have three hours work a day. Now, if I have a whole day available, what will happen is automatically I'll find a way to make that three hours work take eight hours. True. And when, and, and it just, I mean, that's human nature. And what happens is when boss man comes with more work, I'm like, oh, I'm busy doing this work because now it takes eight hours. You're like, you used to do it in three hours. What happened? And you know, well, uh, I don't know. But so, so the whole point is you don't want employees to slow down. If you find great people, you want to keep them busy. You want to keep them productive, right? And the best way to do that is make sure they always have something to do. Makes sense. Makes sense. Perfect. Tell me, how can people find you, the listeners, if, in case they need, they would like to hire your outsourcing agency? Yeah. So if you're looking for management support, matssingers.com, M-A-D-S-S-I-N-G-E-R-S.com. That's basically where I, uh, yeah, that's where I do all my management coaching. That's where you can get hold of my management course if you want to learn how to get out of your business and so on. And then uh, the outsourcing business is called Aristo Sourcing and aristosourcing.com. And that's basically all the outsourcing stuff where we help people find amazing human beings. Perfect. Okay. Tell me a little bit what's included in the management academy and course and why is it different by any other course out there? Because there are many courses promising everything. It's pretty much repeatable things. So tell me, how are you different? Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what my clients say. So my, my clients say that very few people do things the way I do. And that's probably true. Um, I, I think fundamentally, again, I have a lot of management experience. I have a lot of experience building, building multiple businesses in the online space, like most of my clients. And, you know, fundamentally, I mean, I've worked with over 500 clients now and I still haven't had a single unhappy customer, uh, which I think speaks for itself. On the courses itself, we have sold about 250. And again, we still haven't had a single refund request even though I have free refund if you're not happy with it. Uh, so I, I think the sort of customer's feedback speaks for itself, but I would say just generally if you, yeah, ask people about me in the community, I would say if you're, if you're in any of the communities I'm with and with clients I've worked with, uh, they are generally extremely happy. And I, I, I think it's very much the way I go around things. I, I'm fairly good at explaining things in a way that, people understand, but I'm also like my management training is sort of a mix between mindset. So having the understanding to do things because everyone knows they should delegate. But yeah. the problem is when you, when you're not in the right mindset, when you when you don't really get why or you don't get how, then it, it's more difficult. So the fact that I focus not just on telling people what to do, but I give them the recipe on how to do it well. And then also very much focus on the mindset around it. Right. Then I have a big module on uh, a behavior framework called DISC that I really use to put the right people in the right jobs. 
So one of the fundamentals when you're, when you're recruiting people and, and finding people is to make sure that you actually find the right type of people for the right type of jobs, right? That's a critical skill set. And that's a lot about recruitment and things like that as well. And then again, there's um, meeting structures of the different meetings you do, how you should do them and sort of breakdown of the processes and so on. So that's pretty much what's in there and so on. Yeah, okay, perfect. I mean, it's, it, I like your pitch to be honest, like uh, going through testimonials is like, don't ask me, ask the customer, I respect that. And if nobody actually made a refund, then definitely it's worth it. And to be honest, based on the podcast that we talk and how you simplify the explanation about management, definitely, I believe it, it's worth it and people should get it if they want to learn how to manage remote teams. Yeah, no, I would say, I mean, I, I've worked with customers of all sizes, right? Like I've walked into companies that have 100 staff. I walk, work with companies that have five. I mean, one of my really good clients, Kurt Phillip, who's works with CRO, he, he pretty much helped him take a business from five people to 25 people in about a year. And that was five people with him working 80 hours a week to 25 people with him working. Well, he just had a baby and he's not planning to work for three months right now. Um, so that's a great example of what you can achieve with the right management and the, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Well. Tell me, how can people find you on social media in case they like to check out your, your course, ask you questions, maybe get the outsourcing? Where, where do you hang out usually? I'm very lucky. I have a very unique, unique name. So uh, any, anywhere, Facebook, LinkedIn, anything like that, Matt Singers, always the same everywhere. And uh, I think I have a Twitter as well, but I don't use it a ton. But Facebook, LinkedIn, and the likes is, is the best. Mm -hmm. and yeah my website as well perfect well thanks matt for uh being part of the interview anything else you would like for the audience no i think that was a that was a really good discussion and as always i'm i'm always eager to share yeah for sure okay guys if you head down to remotepreneurs.com sign up to the newsletter i'm going to include extensive show notes from this interview with all the links that Matt Singers mentioned and all the tips. I'll just try to simplify it as he managed to do it on the podcast. And the next step would be after you read them, just do action one by one, not just watch, read and listen. Just start with one step by step. I'll be honestly taking the, the tips. I definitely need to give uh, responsibility to my VA so I, I can remove myself from podcast post-production. I just want to talk and that's about it and click stop recording and that's it <laughs> that's my goal yep. okay once again Matt, thank you for being part of the podcast guys go to remotepreneurs.com and also check out mattsingers.com website you, you he also runs a podcast a course you can find the links from the outsourcing agency definitely worth it. okay see you next monday bye-bye